2: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Adam Cole Bebe, only three-time Ring of Honor World Champion, the longest-reigning pro wrestling guerrilla world champion, and I'm telling you right here, right now, to listen to Wrestling Heads Radio. You're looking real jacked, baby.
3: the champ that runs the camp. This is my yard now. The face of America. Woo, woo. Brother Nero, I knew you'd come. Delete! 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 Delete!
1: Well, the Club is real. We're going to show uh, the Hardy Boys if we were wrestling back and had attitude era, they would be our job. WH Radio.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. The boys are back in fucking town. Wrestling heads radio. Man, it's been a minute. I go by the name of Skits, ladies and gentlemen, and I am joined here with my co-host. My right hand man. The man from the NYC. Tom, what up, boy?
0: What is going on? It is. It really has been a minute since we've been on here. We've been uh, MIA for a couple of weeks now. Uh, Everybody's been kind of busy with this, busy with that, busy with work. Um, So we haven't really gotten a chance to come on here to talk some wrestling. But damn, does it feel good to be back. And Skit, it's not just me and you.
3: We have...
0: Well, the, the whole crew—they're not tonight. here yet. The
2: boys—they're—they're they're coming, but they're not on yet with us. Nate and Lyle will be joining us. The whole family is here. We got a lot of shit to talk about when it comes to money in the bank, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK. Um, the UK tournament's coming—you know, next Monday, uh, round two. Uh, also, um, we got the G1 special to talk about, uh, G1 Climax to talk about, Dominion to talk about, pit cast uh, man, I mean, where do we start? Like, it is so much stuff to talk about, but it's one thing that we need to cover off right on top of the bat, and I'm gonna let Tom take it over from here.
0: Yeah, so obviously, uh, once everybody gets on, we're going to be getting kind of uh, all of our thoughts on this. Um, Today, if you haven't seen already, um, all over kind of social media, uh, we lost somebody in the wrestling world, uh, uh, a very, very powerful person. (laughs) At least to say uh, we lost uh, Vader, uh, you know, Leon White today. Um, It was announced um, through his personal Twitter that um he indeed passed away um last night um let me get the uh let me get the full full tweet up for everybody there was actually a couple of tweets um posted so um it, the, the first tweet that was posted out um, with uh, on Vader's personal account it said it is with heavy heart to inform everyone that my father Leon White passed away on Monday night at approximately 7:25 p.m. And then the next tweet uh, that was posted said around a month ago my father was diagnosed with a severe case of uh, pneumonia. Uh, he fought extremely hard and clinically was making progress. Unfortunately on monday night his heart had had enough and it was his time so obviously for the past couple of years vader has been dealing with a lot of uh health issues i know he had heart surgery uh he's been dealing with a lot of um lot of health issues and uh as his son kind of posted it looked like that he was kind of you know making progress with each certain things you know getting getting the proper surgeries getting um whatever treatment was needed um, but unfortunately and tragically uh Vader is no longer with us and definitely definitely a a sad day for the uh the world of pro wrestling you know Vader was 63 um and you know i mean what 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 can you say about him one of the best big men in in all of pro wrestling history. Um, Just an intimidating, you know, force in the ring. Uh, You look back at his stuff in Japan when he used to come out with that, I mean, kick ass helmet that had all the steam coming out. And, you know, you look at his new Japan debut, his new, his new Japan debut was so crazy. The fact that he beat Antonio Inoki in three minutes, in his debut, which causes a riot, which causes New Japan to get kicked off of primetime TV, because that's how beloved Antonio Inoki was, and that's what like what kind of presence that Vader had is that is in his debut he beats one of the biggest legends in Japanese wrestling history. Um, then you look at uh, you know his work in WCW, the matches he had with Sting, um, you know he was a world champion in WCW. And uh, unfortunately, went to the WWF, did not really have a lot of success. It seemed as if though he was going to, and you know, reports and stories have come out over the years saying that he was in line to get a world title push, but Shawn Michaels was kind of opposed to it and did not want Vader to have uh, the world title, which ultimately led to him not getting that world title. So um, kind of a underwhelming WWF run for Vader but like I said one of the most intimidating one of the most imposing big men and the fact that this guy was 400 pounds and could do a moonsault with such ease always I think uh, blew people's minds so it, it, it's definitely a big loss um, I think in the world of pro wrestling so I don't know um, I guess everybody else I want to get everybody else's kind of thoughts on this um kind of scare any Vader stories or just their opinions on them. Yeah, I've I've mentioned
1: um a bunch of times on the podcast that uh growing up I was always more of a WCW uh NWA kid. Um so the first time I saw Vader, I think he came out to confront Sting. Um it was just like, who is this? Because he was big, and Tom, you're right. He had that big badass fucking uh, that uh, that helmet, um, so he looked scary. And and, and you know, it, when you see somebody like that, and then you watch him in the ring in comparison to guys in that same area in the WWF, you, you know, you look at somebody like like an earthquake, who, you know, while he could move, he couldn't do the things that Vader did. Uh, he wasn't as intimidating as Vader was. Um, so it was just like, wow. And then, you know, like, watching his matches with, not only with Sting, but with Cactus Jack and, uh, you know, and others, it was just, you know, he was he was awesome. You know, and even though, like, as a kid, you know, he, like, you know, he scared the shit out of me. I hated him because Sting was my favorite. Um, you just couldn't help be in awe of you know what he could do uh you know a a a moonsault from a guy that big you know the only the only guy i can think of in comparison that size is bam bam bigelow and you know that's it's just something that you didn't see a lot um so yeah man it's 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 really sad i you know i i was getting ready for work this morning and uh after I got out of the shower and, and changed, I, you know, I looked at my phone and I noticed I had a text message that was from my brother-in-law. And so he's, you know, he's the one that kind of like broke the news to me. So I immediately, uh, went on Twitter and it was like the first thing I saw. And I was like, wow. So yeah, man, sad day. Uh, you know, definitely, um, you know, thoughts go out to his, uh, his family and, and close friends, but, uh, You know, he he leaves behind, I think, a pretty good legacy all around in professional wrestling, you know, because not only the work that he was able to put in, in, you know, WCW, but, you know, his his just tremendous work uh, over in Japan. Um, You know, who who can forget that uh, uh, the match where he got his eyeball knocked out of its socket, you know? Yeah, yeah, Stan Hansen,
0: one of the... One of the most infamous moments, like you, you think about that, like who the heck? I, I like so the whole story if anyone doesn't know, so Stan Hansen, he's in a match with, with Vader, and Stan Hansen accidentally poked Vader in the eye, and his eye came out of his socket and was hanging, you know, basically right out of its socket, and Vader pushed it right back in and continued with the match. Like who does that? <laughs> yeah, that match,
4: New Japan World too. I watched it earlier when I heard of the news, um, that's the first thing that I went and watched because whenever somebody dies, it's like we always go to either WWE Network or whatever and watch matches because that's just what wrestling fans do. And that's literally the first match I watched when I heard of it.
3: Yeah,
1: definitely Like like when you think of badass in pro wrestling, uh, you know, Vader's right up there with him. So, uh, you yeah. know, Right. The rest in power, big Van Vader. Uh, you know. And if if anybody isn't familiar with his work, you know, I'm sure the network has a bunch of shit. And like Nate mentioned, you know, check out his stuff on the New Japan
2: one too.
0: Right. And and really quick before uh before I get to you, Nate, it's it's funny you say that, you know, because Vader was like, you know, you look at him and he's you know, he's this big four hundred pound guy. And he could, he could very well easily beat the shit out of anybody, which there's a gif actually up on my Twitter, which I retweeted. It was Vader's first match in the WWF against Ken Shamrock. And Ken oh, Shamrock's kind of laying into him. And Vader's like, whoa, 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 like take it easy, slow it down. And Ken Shamrock doesn't let up and he just wallops him right in the face. And Ken Shamrock just goes down. And you hear the stories from like Jim Cornette, And, like, Harley Race and people that, like, knew Vader and, like, managed Vader. And it's, like, this guy was the biggest badass, but he was, like, such a sensitive and kind of, like, you know, kind of like a teddy bear-like, you know, personality where he didn't, you know, he doesn't want to hurt people. He just loved wrestling. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. He just wanted to go out there and kind of perform for the people. And, you know, a lot of this was evident in his stuff from the WWF where Shawn Michaels was just like bullying the crap out of Vader. And if you, if, if you listen to stuff that Jim Cornetta said, it's like Vader was like almost reduced to tears because this, you know, the top star is basically burying you in chances. And, you know, that, that is, is it's just another good thing about Vader. You know, it's just like, he was this big kind of like teddy bear, even though he could easily strangle you with his hands. But, uh, Nate, I'll let you go ahead, uh some thoughts about Vader.
4: Um, one of my favorite memories, in fact, I went and watched this match too. I went on the network and watched Starcade, I believe it was ninety three. Um, Vader and Ric Flair. Probably one of my favorite Vader matches. Um just really, really good. Go go out of your way and watch it. Um There's also, speaking of moments as far as like the Ken Shamrock thing, there was, I believe, SummerSlam 96 where he's wrestling Shawn Michaels and Michaels gets pissed off and punches Vader as hard as he can and tells him to move. And uh, needless to say, 96 Shawn Michaels was kind of a piece of shit. I mean, we all know that. Um, But I think Vader killed him like two seconds after that which he probably should have, but uh, with all that said, like, I, like Lyle was raised on WCW, I mean I started watching WWE first, or WWF at the time, and then my dad kind of discovered WCW, and he's like told me, he said watch this, he said it's better wrestling, whatever, so I started watching it, and first thing that really stuck out to me was Vader because you saw like over on WWF you saw like the Hogan the Macho Man's, and all that and it was great like they were all huge but you look at Vader and he's he's a bigger guy and he just he's got a presence to him and he just sticks out and you want to watch what he does because every time he wrestles it was special and he could do things that guys that were his size shouldn't be doing like a moonsault off the top rope which was mentioned earlier and some of the other shit but he was a great wrestler. Um, I shouldn't, well, his death is sad, but it's kind of expected because I remember hearing that like he was in congestive heart failure like a year or so ago and they only gave him a certain amount of time to live. Um, So it does, it's still, and that knowing that doesn't make it any easier. I mean, it still sucks that someone died in the wrestling business. The only thing that I kind of wish would have happened. And I know that he was petitioning for it was to get in the hall of fame. And now they'll have to do it when he is, after he's passed, unfortunately um, they should have did it when he was still alive. But and we can sit about and talk about that all day. Cause it opens up another debate, but the guy was great. Go out of your way. Like, if you don't know enough about Vader, go on new Japan world. If you have access to it, watch some of the matches there. All those are great, or go on the WWE Network and watch some stuff because it's easy to appreciate a guy like Vader just because he's so different. And he's, he stuck out like a sore thumb, but in a good way. It's very sad to, see, to hear of his passing.
0: Definitely. And uh, Skits, I don't know if you had any uh, thoughts on this as well. Of course,
2: um, yeah, man, like, I first discovered Vader, because when I was young, I used to, you know, have, like, action figures, and Vader was one of my action figures, and, you know, he was, like, one of the guys I would have as, like, the bad guy or whatever, but, (laughs) um, you know, once he came to the WWE, I'm like, oh, that's the guy, um, the guy's action figure that, that, that I have, and, uh, the matches that I remember seeing Vader, uh, you know, it was of course him and Shawn Michaels had some uh some pretty good matches for the WWF uh championship. Him and Undertaker had some good feuds. They had some pretty good matches, uh that I can recall. Uh also uh you know, another thing, uh people don't mention, you know, that uh his uh last run in the uh WWE. He actually had a, a comeback match, you know, basically to job out Heath Slater, uh, which is definitely memorable. Uh, and I want to say it's the last time he he showed showed up in the WWF or excuse me WWE. Uh, another thing uh, that you guys haven't mentioned also, he had a match with Will Osprey.
3: Will Osprey uh,
2: with uh, I guess you know, he was calling out Will Osprey and Ricochet for doing their flips and stuff and uh they booked their match at uh at Ref Pro, which is on Rep Pro on Demand. Another match uh, I think people should go out and check out. You know, Vader wrestling at the at the age uh you know, that that uh he was against somebody like Will Osprey. but he's definitely gonna be missed and I can tell you this, uh his uh his theme music is definitely uh one of the, the, the best theme in songs for sure back when I was a, a kid, you know. It's time! It's time! It's Vader time! You know. So, definitely gonna miss um, you know, Vader, you know. It it, 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 it sucks, you know, when um, we lose someone in the wrestling community, you know, uh, guys that we, you know, watched when we were, like, teenagers and stuff and now we're, like, grown men and you know, it just sucks. And uh, Mark Condon definitely goes out to him and his family. And uh, just like Nate said, he definitely deserves to go in the Hall of Fame. I don't care if he didn't have a, you know, a WWF championship or anything, but he's had some fire matches with Hall of Famers for sure. So just like I mentioned Taker and Shawn Michaels, uh, and I, I believe he even wrestled uh, Nick Mick Foley, too, and the WWF and WCW also, so... The man's done it, you know. Oh, yeah. With, with the, so, yeah, like, the man's done it with plenty of Hall of Famers, so he definitely deserves to go in there, for sure.
4: sure. Yeah, he's
0: definitely the Hall of Famer, for sure. What, like I said, one of the best big men ever to step into the wrestling ring. And also... One other quick thing yeah, before quick we move
3: thing.
2: on.
0: And uh, I'm sure probably all of us, if not most of us, saw this when uh, Vader showed up on Boy Meets World. That kind of that yeah. blew my mind, too. Because right. I knew Vader already, and I'm watching Boy Meets World, and all of a sudden Vader's on it. I'm like, oh, my God, what the hell is this? And he was awesome playing uh, Frankie's dad. Um, it was It was some great stuff. So, Vader definitely going to be missed by everyone in the uh, wrestling community, and we definitely lost uh, a very imposing figure um, today. So, condolences once again go out to his family and friends, and uh, we're going to miss
2: you. Without a
0: doubt. But I think we should uh, move on uh, to another kind of big story. Before we get into our thoughts on Money in the Bank from Sunday. Um, some big WWE news broke yesterday as um, WWE has decided to release Big Cass just one day after his uh, pay-per-view match with Daniel Bryan. WWE sent out a statement saying uh, confirming the release of Big Cass. Um, there was no uh, we wish you luck on your future endeavors. It was just which is WWE has come to terms to the release of Big Cass. So a lot of, uh, lot of speculation of what led to this. A lot of people saying that um, that SmackDown segment about a month ago where he was uh, beating up the uh, little person, and apparently all he was supposed to do was give the big boot to the little person in the segment making fun of Daniel Bryan. And even everybody, including Vince McMahon, said just do the big boot. me. the big cast decided to kind of take it a little bit extra and was laying down some punches on him. Some people are speculating on that. There's speculation on uh, when they went on their European tour that he was intoxicated in public. And um, he also broke a, um, a bathroom door on one of the buses uh which you know that kind of causes a problem nobody wants to be going to the bathroom on a cramped bus um with the door wide open so a lot of speculation on why big cast was released um from the WWE um like I said no specific reason has come out yet um, yeah guys let's uh <laughs> let's get some uh, let's I'll get some out here
2: I'll I'll go first and just say, uh, Carmella is definitely Shawn Michaels out of uh, Enzo, Abore, Cass, and herself. So, Carmella is money.
4: Uh, Which
2: (laughs) um, is weird. I didn't think she would be the last
4: one out of the three standing in the company.
2: But uh, Cass, you know, I don't know how I felt about dude when he came back. I mean, I... I really thought him and Daniel Bryan definitely had a good match of Money in the Bank, which we'll get into in a minute, Uh, but behind the scenes, I guess, you know, don't go into business for yourself, you know, it's a fucking team, you know, you guys, you know, need to follow rules, you know, Uh, and you made Vince mad, like, which is rare for people to make Vince mad, so,
0: um, it is what it
2: is, Uh, He definitely needed some help, though, for sure, as a heel, because I I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. Maybe it's good for him. Maybe he can join uh, Enzo. They can do a uh, collaboration or something, you know, for Worldstar or something. Yeah, him and
4: Clownzo are both on the – we'll probably both be on the indie scene again, and if they want to do their shit, they can. But I don't know. I was never really – Well, I heard it low I don't know how true it is. Yeah, because is a piece of garbage. He's a clown. That's why I'm calling him Clownzo, because, yeah. And Big Cast just wasn't very good. And when Enzo got released, and they tried to push him as a single star, it's, he wasn't very good, and he got exposed really quick.
2: are you feeling,
1: You know what, to be honest with you, um... You know, I, number one, you, you, you hate to see a guy lose his job, but I'm sure he'll be fine. Uh he just he just didn't do anything for me. Um he was really nothing more than just uh, a big guy. Um personality wise, just I don't think, you know, it was quite there. Uh I know he was like a a, a favorite of Vince's and everything, but you know, I, especially after his uh, his uh, initial injury, you know, months ago, um, you know, who knows uh, if his behavior um, would have eventually caught up with him, or if maybe you know, after coming back, he just had like this weird chip on his shoulder. Uh, but he just did, he just did nothing for me. So, in in a weird sense, like I I. I I don't care about big cast being released. Uh, I feel terrible that, um, what's his name? William something. Uh, I, I feel terrible that, you know, he has to, uh, find employment elsewhere now. Um, but again, I'm sure he'll land on his feet. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't, yeah, you know, um, which, you know, which might be good for him, you know, hell, uh, yeah, just uh, he just, he just right needs to keep...
2: Can I call him right now and say that Big cash or whatever the is gonna be in TNA will be facing
0: Brian Cage very soon in TNA? Yeah, I could
1: I could see that. Um, you know, I don't I don't expect there to be an Enzo and Cass reunion. Uh, they uh haven't gotten along. In a very long time, from what I hear, uh, whenever Enzo signs something that's got both of them on there, he draws a dick uh, on Big Cass's face. So, uh, yeah, don't think that's well, happening. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I would, I would say, normally I would say when when something like that happens, no. But you also have but, to think it's, it's Enzo and Cass. And at the end of the day, look at Enzo. He doesn't seem like the. T- he seems like the guy t- that okay, if the money is right, he'll do it. You know. So I guess circumstances pending. If, if if there was a big enough time where, okay, Enzo and Cass team up and you know it draws a couple of thousand people, I think he would do it. But like I said, it's it, it would be because of the money. You, you know what?
4: That Enzo is going to be the new Virgil.
0: Uh, you know
1: what's funny? This just kind of popped into my head, but I could definitely see Big Cass being huge in Mexico.
4: Oh, hell yeah. I mean, look at Marco uh, Corleone or Mark Jindrak. He's the current, I think, CMLL champion. But yeah, a guy like Colin Cassidy hey. he
0: do great. Hey, whoa, you know? whoa, whoa, whoa. Do not compare the reflection of perfection to Big Cass. Come on.
4: I'm not comparing. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> a guy that Mark Jindrack didn't take off in the didn't
0: I take mean, off break, case and it breaks. It breaks.
2: But uh, that's just
0: saying. I think it's going to be – I think it's – honestly, I think – I think it's going to be a little bit tough for big cast to get – I think he'll get a couple of big bookings at first. Um, but I, I just – I have this feeling that within – a couple of years or so, big Cass is going to be kind of, you know, in 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 the kind of place where like Ryback is now, where Sandow is now, and that's kind of that's kind of irrelevant. In, in the scene. You know what? You know where I see big cast probably trying to move, and that's like acting. I could see him trying to get into
4: Hollywood. I think he's got a good look for it, so you might not be too far off there.
2: We shall see what happens with Cass. Maybe he just goes back to do whatever he was doing before. Oh. Carmela is definitely the money of the group. And she's fine as fuck. Excuse me. Let's go move on. Let's go ahead and move on. Uh, money in the bank, guys. Yeah? Uh, before we start, overall, how you guys feeling about uh, money in the bank?
4: Say this too often, um, because when WWE pay-per-views come up, it's like I'm like, oh my god, I have to watch another one, and I know that they, um, there's not as many pay-per-views now, like they're more spaced out, but it's they're four hours now, and it just seems like such a chore. But that being said, I thought Money in the Bank was a very, very good show, from top to bottom.
1: I missed uh, I missed a couple matches. Um I I missed uh, Brian and Cass. I think I missed the women's. I missed I missed the uh, women's ladder match and I think one more. But from uh, what I did see, I really really liked.
0: Overall, overall, I thought I thought it was a good show. Um, um, I don't I don't think you know. Obviously, I don't think it was on par to like take over but I thought overall it was a pretty good show. Um, I thought both Money in the Bank ladder matches were very well laid out. Um, You know, we could – obviously, I think we could – we're probably going to argue about the the results, but I think if you look at the matches themselves, they were laid out really well. Um, Nakamura and Styles was a good match. Um, You know, the Ronda Rousey match, I thought – well over delivered, and it was you know one of the one of the hottest matches of the night as far as crowd reaction because the crowd was absolutely on fire for you know that match in particular just really a hundred percent behind Ronda the whole time. So um, when you have matches that over deliver, and you know I thought I thought Brian and Cass uh, it was oh it was okay. You know Brian did what I he think... could, I, but I overall thought it, was, I thought it was a good thought... show.
2: Maybe it was Brian. Maybe it was Brian that was just killing it. Uh, but I already thought it was a solid match. I don't think it sucked at all. I think that was their best match, you know, with them two together in the a, in a ring. So that's why I'm giving it credit. Way better than the uh, the, the um, other ones they had. So it wouldn't put me to sleep. Uh, so I, I was digging this. And Daniel Bryan is like doing the fuck out there right now with all these new submissions and shit. Fuck the Yes Lock shit. He's coming out with some new shit, and I'm definitely digging it. of course, uh, Daniel Bryan came up with a victory via submission. Made the man tap out on his way out.
3: He wrestled
4: circles around Big Cass in this match.
2: So, um, what did
0: you – I want to ask you guys, now that it's seemingly over – What are your guys' thoughts on the AJ Styles Nakamura feud? Once you look at it overall, the whole entire feud.
2: We gonna skip the ladies. I wasn't
0: I wasn't going in any order. I was just you know just getting any any thoughts.
2: I'm just glad it's over, honestly.
0: Yes, same thing with that uh, Bobby Lashley, Sami Zayn feud. Holy shit, that was terrible. That man. This is much,
2: match
4: that I don't watch Raw ever. Because I just, I hear stuff about that. I just, I
0: can't do it. Oh my god, so okay. terrible! I'll watch so. everything
4: else, like C-related. Like I'll watch Two Hundred Five live. I'll watch SmackDown. I'll watch NXT. I can't do Raw. Like it's just painful.
2: <laughs> I mean.
3: Do not, so, do not
2: blame going you. To Um To the Nakamura uh, AJ Styles, you know, I feel like the whole low-blow shit, you know, should have been not even a thing. Uh, you should have just had straight-up wrestling matches. Let Nakamura be a heel. Uh, I think the matches would have been solid. I think they would have made up for uh, WrestleMania if, if they just had straight-up matches and no bullshit, low-blows and you know, they had stupid little promos in the back, you know, with AJ Styles slapping Nakamura in the face, you know. So, it's like, it's my first time I ever really fast forwarding AJ Styles promos, and, you know, I usually don't do that because AJ's my guy, but uh, I'm just glad it's over. Uh, we got some new shit coming, which we'll talk about in a minute. So, that's how I'm feeling. Uh, I still got to check the last match because that's one of the matches that I didn't get to see uh, was Nakamura and AJ, I believe that's as soon as that match came on is when I basically went to sleep. is you boys have been working like crazy lately, but thank God it was probably the best
4: Nakamura AJ match they've had. But honestly, that's not saying much because the feud and the matches they've had has left more to be desired. They had one really really good match in New Japan, and it just hasn't i close to replicating
0: that one match. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So, obviously, I, I think there's some matches for Money in the Bank we really don't need to, like, get in-depth with. Like I said, the Bobby lashley Sami Zayn match, not much to really get into. Uh, Seth Rollins and Elias uh, for the Intercontinental Championship, I thought it was a was really – uh, I thought it was a pretty good match. match. I thought Elias hung in there really well. Um, of course, Seth Rollins retained and uh, defeated Elias. I don't know if, ha- if anybody has any more thoughts on it, kind of anything more in depth.
2: Elias definitely showed that he can wrestle and not just fucking do a concert. Uh, so definitely dug the whole shit. Elias pulled off some new shit, going off, you know, top row shit. And like, he even caught Seth Rollins, you know, on a suicide dive and just uh, destroyed him. In the outside, I was digging it. I wouldn't mind seeing Elias, you know, get another shot uh, with Seth Rollins uh, down the line. It doesn't mean it doesn't have to be for the IC title or anything, but Seth Rollins is killing it right now. Period. That guy's. Every time you got that IC title, that boy's game has stepped up to a whole other level. Um, it took me a while to
4: really get the whole Elias thing. Like, I think the gimmick great, like, and now he's gotten to a point where he's become a really, really good, solid pro wrestler. And he's just, he's got the total package right now as far as WWE is concerned. He can wrestle, and he's got the gimmick down pat, and people love to boo him. And, well, now they're cheering him, obviously, but uh, I think he's great, and I think the match that he and Seth had was really, really good.
1: This is actually another one of the matches that I missed, but I heard it was good with uh, Elias giving a good showing. Um you know, one thing I'll say about Elias is, uh, you know, he got a different type of heat when he was in NXT, you know, doing this gimmick. It was more like go-away heat. Uh, but he's been killing it since he's been on the main roster. Um, so it's good to see him mix it up with guys, you know, that are in that upper-tier yeah, you know, as far as placement on the card goes, uh, and it's and it's cool to 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 hear about him. You know, actually, not only just like like keeping up, but doing well. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's somebody that you know that I definitely see um, having around the the main event picture. You know, over the over the summer, leading into the uh, the end of the year.
2: Yeah, Chicago definitely love, dude. Like, I've never heard. I crowd that loud for Elias, but Chicago definitely loved him, and, and he loved it, too, that they were behind him, you know what I mean? Like It's like, I don't know if Elias is a heel or is he a face. He's like both, you know? He's like a tweener. Like He likes the attention,
3: He's and a he likes to to right the at the same
4: time. Tweener right now, and WWE doesn't normally do tweening, or tweeners very well, or Vince doesn't really like doing them at all, but... I think Elias is the only one who can get away with it because they want him to be a heel. I mean, it's very clear that they do, but fans love him, and they're just going to cheer him, and that's fine. So if you present him the way they're presenting him, I think it's great.
0: Definitely, definitely agree. Uh, Elias in a relatively good spot, sky's the limit with uh, with him as well. So uh, we'll see. Obviously, another match we don't really have to get much into, and I don't think we want to really get into, Roman Reigns and Chinder Mahal. Uh, oh. crowd crowd, shit on the I match. The
3: match.
0: Match, Over, on. match overall wasn't a bad match. I thought it was like an average match you would see on like a Raw or SmackDown. Basically a TV match, but the, the big story in this match was the crowd shitting on the entire match. And there's really not much to say. Roman Reigns, of course, picked up the victory.
4: Um, okay, I wasn't I knew Chicago wasn't going to give this match a chance. But, man, you guys pay for a show, and this match happens, and you shit all over it, which I, again, knew they were going to do, but it's like, you guys knew what you were going to get, and you still. I don't Whatever.
2: think they paid to see I Roman Reigns and Tinder Mahal. I think they paid to see a Money in a Bank match. That's it's called money in the bank. I don't think nobody's gonna fucking pay to see Roman Reigns and Jinder Mahal in the main event. I know I wouldn't. Well, yeah, but it's like okay, I don't know.
4: Instead of blowing it out of the building, why don't you just sit on the sit on your hands and not say anything? Because that's the worst thing you can do. A bad reaction is still a reaction.
0: That is true. That is true. Because
1: you're you're never going to have a situation where 16,000 people are going dead silent, unless it's for like,
4: oh, I know, you know,
1: like a tin bell salute or some shit like that. But even then, you hear people, you know, like yelling and shit. So, yeah, I, I, I I get the sentiment, but at the same time, I think voicing your displeasure, you know, by any means necessary is also a good way, you know, like, um, I I think. Doing things like, you know, chanting for punk or, you know, chanting for themselves or, you know, just doing something else to show that they are disinterested in what is currently going on inside the ring. I think that's completely fine. Um, Did did it disrupt the show? Not really. I think everybody kind of knew going into this that, you know, a crowd like Chicago was going to indeed shit all over it. Uh, one thing that i that i found interesting was uh charles robinson taking to twitter to kind of shit on the people that shit on the match like at the show <laughs> um, cuz to me that to me that just wasn't a good look you That's know what? like i like i get it you're trying no, to be like a, you know a company guy and and you know go on uh, you know, uh, and 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 kind of push your narrative and and, and all that, but it's like, you know, like come on, man! Like, look, you know, the 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 fans paid, however fucking much they paid for for a fucking ticket, um, you know, like, on the rare occasion that I go to Dodger games, I will boo the fuck out of them. Why? Because huh? I'm a fucking Mets fan. So huh? if they're playing the Mets, I will boo <laughs> the fucking Dodgers, and I can fucking do that because I, I you know. paid for a goddamn ticket.
3: Oh
2: my god, that's great. great! I couldn't do that to a team if I visited their stadium. I would not disrespect them like that.
0: Oh, I would, and I've done me it. Too. I've gone up to I've gone up to Boston, booed the shit out of Red Sox. Granted, everyone wanted to look at me like they wanted to, you know, beat the shit out of me, but I was okay.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, like I said, there's really not much to say more. It's a Chicago crowd it was bound to happen. If it was in New York, it would, it would have happened. If it was in LA, it would have happened. So it's just, you know, WWE should have known nobody really cared about this match. No one's going to remember it. No, not much. People remember it a couple of days later. Uh, Really quick before we go over the uh, money in the bank matches and, uh, and all that, uh, Ronda Rousey, Nia Jax, uh, Raw Women's Championship. Um, I talked about this a, a, a little bit. I <laughs> thought – we get to the
3: women's money in the bank
2: first? I think we should get to the women's money in the bank first until we get to that because that happened first.
0: Yeah, because that, if
4: the women's money in the bank kind of goes – we have to talk about that before we can talk about the women's
0: title True, match. true, 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 true. I actually, you know what, for a second I kind of forgot because <laughs> I'll get to that in a second. So Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, you had Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Ember Moon, Charlotte, uh, Lana, Naomi Natalia, and Sasha Banks. Um, overall, I thought I thought this was a very good Women's Money in the Bank. I thought it was better than last year. I thought they kind of worked out some kinks that they had last year. You know, there's there's still going to be a couple of spots where, um, you know, things are a little bit sloppy in, in, in a dangerous match like this. Um, you know, m- most of the women got all their usual spots. Uh, Sasha Banks took a, took a lot of the punishment, though, in this match and took some uh, pretty nasty bumps. Juana um, looked, I thought, exceptionally well in this match, <laughs> better than I thought. Um, And she was over. People were definitely uh, not, you know, definitely not going against it. So, um, but in the end, Becky Lynch looked like she was about to grab the briefcase when Alexa Bliss came in, knocked her off the ladder, and Alexa Bliss climbed the ladder and won the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Needless to say, I was disappointed because my girl, Becky, like come on, throw her a bone. We, like we want to see Becky. Um, Honestly,
2: which one I wouldn't care. Um, and like like if someone like Emma Moon won, I would probably would care. Uh, I think she had to win. Emmer Moon was like the one that had to win. Everybody else, you know, they basically had opportunities.
0: Think, I'm gonna disagree with you there, just for the fact that. Okay, yes, you do want to push if you if if they do want to make Ember Moon a big force, this would have been the perfect way to do it because it's only a few months after her debut to throw her in the Money in the Bank ladder match and have her win. I can understand that, but right now I don't see I just I didn't see WWE be doing that with Ember Moon. I just don't think right now they're ready to put, you know, the the strap on
1: yeah, the, the issue with Ember Moon, much like her NXT run, is I don't think she's over. I think her finish is over. Yeah. Um, she has she has a good look, and don't get me wrong, she's fucking gorgeous. Um, but, yeah, I, I while I do enjoy her gimmick, I just don't think she's connecting with the crowd other than when she climbs the top rope and people get on their feet because they want to see uh you know the Eclipse, because it's a badass fucking finish. Um, but I'm I'm kind of with Skits on, on Becky. I think they've kind of you know I, I, I think they've had too many missed opportunities with her, even though she was the first, you know, SmackDown Live women's champion and whatnot. Um since then That feels
4: like an eternity show.
1: Yeah, exactly. And since you know, then, yeah, she, like had, and she base, hasn't done much.
2: Her Bailey and okay. Sasha are like whatever now. I don't care.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and it's and it's sad because I really do like Becky, and uh, you know, it's it's just you know, it, it's it's beyond uh, salvageable for me at least now. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. had she won, it'd have been like, oh, cool. You know, like I would, you know, I wouldn't be all excited about it um yeah you know hopefully hopefully you know they can turn you know, they can turn that around you know i don't know whether she needs you know like a, a like a like a tweak in her character not necessarily like a full on like heel turn or whatever but they just need to do something to make her more interesting stop having her lose you know so you know so often when you know especially when people are clamoring for her to you know to to finally you know reach the top again
0: and I know, right. You know, That's why Bailey's, I thought Becky should have won the money in the bank because, I mean, yes, granted at this point, I'm completely like Sasha and Bailey, I'm completely over, I, you know, I couldn't care less about what they're doing. And, you know, we're going to get to that in just a little bit. But um, I feel like I feel like even with the audience, you know, I think the audience is with us where there is a lot of people are also over. Sasha and Bailey, but I feel like a lot of the audience still loves Becky, and Becky is still way more over than those other two women, and that's why I thought, okay, she needs this rejuvenation. Money the bank is perfect; it'll be a perfect opportunity. But nonetheless, we supply why, um, why Becky did not win it. So, Alexa Bliss, Bliss. your winner.
4: And Alexa didn't need it. Um, I'll say this: they they pushed her way too fast. They gave her everything. It's like, and they still do it. I don't think she needed it. You could have gave it to Becky. You could have helped her. Could have give it to anybody else except for
2: Alexa Bliss. I mean, what's wrong with Alexa? She could talk. Chicken She's way better uh, than what she was before when she first came out. I mean, now, I, now just, like, girl, girl, just really I just If you watch Monday, if you Night Raw, her promo will give anybody else. She, you know what? I was gonna say this who should have not been in the Money in the Bank no disrespect to Lana. Lana should have been out. I know they tried to back down Raw uh, girls, you know, try to mix them up. But Ruby Riot should have been in that motherfucker. Period. I agree.
4: Lana shouldn't have been in this match. She had she looked lost. She you was know what? I would have
0: rather so had long. Lana in this than I would have rather had Lana in this than Natalia. Take Natalia out and put right. and put Ruby Riot in. Like at least Lana was over. Nobody gives two. About Natalia, nobody gives a crap about Natalia. I'm sorry. That's the thing. R- R- Ruby
2: rides are raw, and they try to even them out. So that's the only reason.
0: I know. That's wow. and that's a disappointing thing. But like I said, I like I said. At least I will say this: Is Lana Green that's fucking the ring? Yes. But at least Lana is over with the crowd, and she was in Chicago. Nobody, and if you look at everybody else, everybody else got a reaction. You know, Naomi got a reaction, Ember Moon, Alexa Bliss, Becky, Sasha. The only person that did not elicit a reaction was Natalia. She should not have been in that match. She was a complete waste.
2: True. She is on Raw, too. So the only reason why she was in that chick is around The, the whole Ronda little story. But, um,. Let's move on from there. Since we're talking about the Ronda Rousey match, because we mentioned how Alexa Bliss won. Uh, I missed this match. This is when I kind of caught it tonight for Money in the Bank. So I'm going to let you guys go ahead and talk about from what led on to the Money in the Bank match.
0: Yeah. So obviously Ronda Rousey, Nia Jax, Raw Women's Championship, um, You know, as I was saying before, um, you know, this match way over-delivered. The crowd was hot for this. Um, Ronda looked great in this. Ronda looked so crisp. She was doing um, cross bodies off the top rope. She did a huge judo throw to Ronda Rousey, which popped the crowd big. Um, You know, a lot of the match was Naya beating up on Ronda, Ronda selling a lot, um, which... I thought thought Rhonda actually for selling purposes did pretty well. There was one point where um, I forget, I I forget what uh, Naya, what move Naya had done, but Rhonda was near the ropes and she, she was about to get up, but she was so disoriented. She just fell right through the middle ropes to the outside. I thought that was really well done by Rhonda. The uh,
1: the, The best thing about Rhonda's selling and I think uh, you know anybody that comes from you know legit combat sports, uh, you know whether it's like a, a Ken Shamrock or even you know, Brock now, um, they know what it's like to get hit for real. So you're gonna you're gonna know how to sell being you know quote unquote hit in whatever area you know the blow is uh, is meant to be at. So, you know, that that's those are just like small little things that I really liked about uh her performance uh on Sunday. Um and I I really honestly hope she's silenced a lot of, you know, the doubters that you know kind of grown when she me. first came in. Yeah, actually you you're you're the you're the one I was I was thinking of like when I when I had that thought. <laughs> but uh yeah, she's and, and and to be honest, like I I knew she I knew she do Pretty good. She's even gone like beyond my expectations for her in such a short amount of time. It's crazy.
4: Um I absolutely love this match. Like I I thought Rhonda did great. Like this was the first high profile singles match she's had. She did a great fucking job. Um with how inexperienced she is, she did amazing. And hats off to Naya for being able to guide Ronda and get a good match out of her. The match was excellent. Probably my favorite match of the night. Um, yeah, just really like top to bottom. Great, great match.
0: Yep, so obviously this led into the finish of the match, which Alexa Bliss came down with the Money in the Bank briefcase, hit Ronda with it, caused a disqualification, started beating up on Ronda and Nia Jax with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Um, She cashed in her Money in the Bank contract and uh, beat Nia Jax and became a five-time, I guess, combined with the SmackDown and the Raw. She's a five-time women's champion. And, uh, yeah, that's... uh, (laughs) That was uh that's definitely a big thing that happened. Like I said, we're gonna get into what kind of happened post uh post money in the bank when we I love this, that. We go I love the really that. quick.
2: And let me talk about the promo on Raw real quick. So Alex, you know, she brags about, you know, her being, you know, again,
3: again
2: the goddess of Raw. And, you know, talks about, you know, talk about Nia Jax being a uh, um, a bully And and also talking about Ronda being a bully talking about, I showed you guys what a bully was Last night From there you know Ronda Rousey comes down You know One thing Ronda Rousey needs to work on so From, from, from what I'm hearing These like good things that you guys Are saying about her in the ring Her character wise she's chill uh, Or like just a Picking up somebody in the middle of a promo and just put them, put them through a table, you know. Get get your uh, promo skills right and, and tools. So if she okay, just sir. chills out and maybe watch some tape, you know, on her promo wise skills and you know on how to be a character and you know and you know she's I guess she's got the rain part, you know. Down packed. Just, just get the promo shit going and the character shit going, and she's good to go. I know she's, she, um, you know, she's got the Roddy Piper thing going on. I just don't really fuck with it. Uh, I know she's paying homage, but why can't she just, you know, come up with her own type of character? That is me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I can kind of see. I don't have too much of a big problem. I think Rhonda's going to get you know, I think better when it comes to mic work and stuff like that, you know. Maybe sometimes there, she doesn't <laughs> Yeah, maybe sometimes she sure doesn't have to speak a lot. Like like I thought what she did on Raw was relatively well, you know, just kind of getting down there, being angry. I thought she really didn't have to talk. I thought maybe if she did talk it would have made the promo a little bit. A, a, a little bit more contrived, but I thought she just – I thought she did well. You know, she beat down on Alexa with the briefcase, Kurt Angle with the briefcase. The the yeah, beat up. up on the referees, started punching the refs, and then put Alexa Bliss through the table, which got a huge pop. And then she just left. I think that's what she needed to do, so. Well,
2: I wonder why, you know – they susp- well, What she's got going Because since they suspended her So she'll be gone for a bit So Alexa Bliss will be facing Nia Jax at a dream Meanwhile
4: And while she's being suspended So that she Cannot show up to work like somebody else But uh, yeah
0: Alright so We Let's get to the uh, men's Money in the Bank. We'll get to the main event. We, like I said, we talked. Yeah, we, we talked about AJ Styles and uh, and Nakamura um, a little bit, and we also talked about kind of Carmella, uh, what she has going on. But the men's Money in the Bank uh, contract, uh, we had Bobby Roode, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Rusev, Samoa Joe, The Miz, Braun Strowman, and then Kofi Kingston was announced. As the representative for the new day, um, I thought I thought this match once again was it was it was a good money in the bank match. A lot of big spots. You saw uh, a lot of the guys beating up on Braun Strowman early, trying to take him out. That was one of the big stories in the match. Eventually, uh, they're up on the stage area, and uh, Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens are beating up on him. And there's a huge like twenty foot ladder, twenty five foot ladder. And Samoa Joe tells Kevin Owens to go up there and they're going to put him through a table. But instead Braun Strowman uh, gets up off the table, beats up on Samoa Joe, climbs the ladder, throws Kevin Owens off of this huge 25 foot ladder. Kevin Owens is nowhere to be seen again uh, for the remainder of the match. Uh, lots of, you know, the usual T spots uh, from these money in the bank matches. And eventually Braun Strowman is your winner climbs the ladder gets the briefcase down it did look like Kofi Kingston did have a shot as he was up on the shoulders of Braun Strowman reaching for the money in the bank contract um so Braun Strowman is Mr. Money in the Bank or as WWE says Monster in the Bank which I'm already I'm already fucking sick of I as soon as Braun Strowman <laughs> won I was like Jesus Christ I'm going to have to hear that Every damn week on WWE TV, and it's going to get nauseating. Sorry, it's <laughs> it's so annoying. Um, you know, I I I don't know what to say much about the result. I don't I I don't think Braun Strowman needed it. Just like we were talking about with Alexa Bliss, I don't think Braun Strowman needed to win Money in the Bank. I thought. Samoa Joe could have won. Um, you know, I thought that would have been good to have. Or I was, um, even like, even like man, Bobby I, Bruce, it. The I was hoping Finn Balor it? was
4: going to win it because the Miz or like, Finn, Kevin. Yeah, a lot of or, those guys going to have had or the Miz, but right. I really wanted Finn Balor to win it because he was the first ever Universal Champion. And he got injured, and he never fucking lost the title, and he's never fucking got a rematch. Um, so that's who I wanted to win. And Braun, I'm sorry. I'm glad. Going back to earlier, Alexa Bliss cashed in the briefcase. I'm glad because now we only have one to worry about because I hate the money of the bank, con- the concept. I think it's fucking tired. And now you have to wonder when they're going to cash in. A guy like Braun should have did what rvd did back when he won it where he comes out and says i don't want to carry this stupid briefcase around i'm gonna challenge brock lesnar at SummerSlam, so you better fucking show up because i'm gonna kick your ass and be done with it because now we have to wonder when he's gonna cash in and i hate
2: it absolutely hate it i mean then again when is brock lesnar gonna be on tv
4: Good point, but it's like do something, because rumor has it that he's not going to be at SummerSlam, but just do something. Raw guy won the Money in the Bank when the champion doesn't show up to work is stupid anyway.
2: Maybe that's basically saying Braun Bron, um, Braun's taking that title asap. Soon, I hope. Oh yeah, I would be nice to be taking one. A matter of That's, when. That'd be nice if we took it on a fucking house show if Brock hadn't shown up on fucking TV. Uh,
4: Brock sucks. I'm sorry. He needs to show up. He needs to show up to work, lose his title, and then be gone. I'm sick of him.
0: Me and yeah, you both. You know, <laughs> at, at, at this point, me too. You know, I kind of, you know yes, there's an appeal to Brock Lesnar, and, you know, it's always a big fight for you when Brock's there, but it's like he can show up more than he can, you know. It's, you know, you saw this discussion kind of when when Okada lost his title. Oh, look how Okada didn't defend his title a lot. Yeah, but he was on every single New Japan show. (laughs) He was on every single one. He has not missed one New Japan show. Or New Japan in the United States show. Or a Ring of Honor show. So, don't at me. You
2: know, it's crazy. I was <laughs> on the fucking shows that I don't even watch. You know, the the fucking tour shows.
0: Yeah, all the like, road tour shows. Uh,
2: meaning like the road tour shows.
0: Yeah. That, that's
2: we need to hurry up and get finish talking about WWE because I want to get to some New Japan talk. Let's get into some takeover.
0: Oh, shit. <laughs> you want to talk about making something quick. Jesus. Let's give
2: us a takeover real quick. Uh, we start off with a tag team match. We got Undisputed Era uh, representing the team, Kyle O'Reilly and Roddy Strong, going against oni Larkin and none other than Mister. I'm gonna just call him Martin Stone. Uh, as they have a hell of a tag team match. Oni Larkin just meant no more takeovers. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Danny Burch too. Put him on some. Uh, put this man on more fucking takeovers. Uh, Doug's the match from the top from the beginning. Kyle Riley out there killing the game. The Rowley killing it all the time. Uh, the match was great. Period. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys
0: are gonna agree with me. <laughs> oh man, this this was the perfect match to open up the show. I mean, uh, you know, crowd obviously was. So into undisputed era, they were so into Cole and Roddy and Kyle O'Reilly, and really didn't give uh, Oni Larkin and Danny Burch a chance at first. But it's like,
2: and, 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 and which is, sure is Oni Larkin and Burch for a minute? They're for sure behind them for a minute.
0: No, if you if you watch it back, they were booing them actually at one point. They were booing Oni Larkin and Danny Burch early in the match. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, first. But towards the end, like when it looked like it was like those close calls and matches, then they kind of start cheering for well, yeah, yeah.
0: so. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, at first the crowd was kind of like, "Oh, we just love undisputed era." But then by the end of the match, they were like, "Holy shit, Oni Larkin and Danny Burch are you know the shit." So it was it was really great to see because I I really think that Oni Larkin. Is I mean, honestly, he's a top three worker in WWE as far as in-ring work, um, believability, his his uh, his ability to sell and take bumps for other people. He's a top three worker in the entire WWE. He is just, he is so great. He's so criminally underrated as well. I just
2: want to throw this out there. The man, only Larkin, has been on 205 Live. The man has been on SmackDown, I believe. The man's the man's been on TV, so the man's ready. Like he can leave Danny Birch easy, and be a fucking star on Two O Five Live or something. Uh, real talk. So, but him and Birch is attacking right now. It's pretty dope. I like how yeah. they. uh They're yeah. uh it was, it was, attired. It, 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 You know how Birch has you know his flag on his uh, truck, and you know now Birch, I mean not Birch, but. Uh, Larkin, he has the USA flag on his, which is pretty dope. So they're 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 starting to be like like an actual tag team.
0: Right. Yeah. This match was just inc- it was it was insane. Like I said, if I if I had to pick a star, it was only Larkin. He was absolutely insane. You know, he did that double blockbuster uh, off the ring apron to the floor to both uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong. Of course, that he he does one of the best toe pay su- uh, you know, one of the best topes in the business because the way he does it, he just comes running full speed, flips over the top rope. Like it's, it's, it's not like he's just flipping on you. It's like he's using his body as like a missile. And I, I always love to see um, him do it. I actually got to see him do it live and it's so, he's really running so fast and he doesn't stop. He just goes flying over the top rope. It's, it's incredible to see live, Um And then, the one spot where they did the, um, where Only Lorkin's on the top rope on the inside of the ring, and I think it was Roddy gave him a suplex to the outside. I fucking. Oh my would. god. That, that was a hot spot. Like, that's just insane. It was such an insane spot. It was such a good tag team match. It was a great opener. Um, really, really happy with that match. It was awesome.
2: Moving on from that match. Um, I believe the second match maybe was Ricochet and Velveteen Dream. Uh, those two. Uh, match of the night. I thought this match would have been better as it was. It still was good, but I think they could have went
0: to another level
2: of you know performance. But still, does the match? Uh, unfortunately, my boy
4: they were probably holding back with the intention of having more matches later. And you can't do everything on your first match.
2: So if you look at it that way, the match is fine. Uh, definitely. To um, Fortune Velveteen got the uh, loss. Uh, both guys did, you know, they pull everything, Out the back, did did every move. You even got Ricochet doing Velveteen moves. You got Velveteen doing Ricochet moves. Uh, Match was great. What can I say? I've seen these guys actually perform um, before they had their pay-per-view match in uh, Texas when I was out there uh, at at, the house show. Um, Definitely the match that I take over was better than the one at the house show for sure. Uh, without a doubt, and I'm um, and just, just like you said. These guys for sure will probably have more match down the road.
0: Yeah, this match it, it was great. For, it was everything, you know, from the moment that Velveteen Dream came out in the Hulk Hogan s gear to the Prince Puma like that. Uh, Velveteen I was about to say, I hope
2: on one them. of you guys. I was about to say I, I was hoping one of you guys was going to say Prince Puma because. I think a lot of people didn't realize unless you really like a real real smart mark, you knew that those are Prince Puma uh,
0: types. I saw it immediately. Everybody was saying that they were like that they were supposed to be Hogan like types because he had the Hogan shirt, but I saw the spots on it and I saw like yeah, I'm like, oh, that's Prince Puma. I'm like, that is so so great.
4: It was very Hogan-esque. But if you don't watch Lucha Underground, you don't know who Prince Puma is, then you're not going to pick up on, yes, those types were a direct tribute to Prince Puma, and I thought that was great. Velveteen Dream is amazing. Like, he – a lot of people are saying that he's like toned back, that he's not as great as everyone thinks that he is, but it's – he gets it. Like, he, he knows how to mess with an opponent's head. He knows the psychology, and it's like he's great. Like he's the guy. Yeah. You, Is, did you guys see the video? of Chris from Jericho. In five
2: years. I'm talking. No, I don't. So there's a video out there when he gets eliminated from Tough Enough. Chris Jericho basically already knows. He's like, you got it. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, like, yeah. he's mm-hmm. like, you get it. So.
0: Yeah. Jericho and that's already funny. Yeah, that's why he wore the whole Hogan thing, the... because if you remember, Hulk Hogan eliminated him from Tough Enough. So that it's it's such a good callback. And I loved in the promos uh, leading up to this match, you know, Ricochet's talking about, oh, what has Velveteen Dream ever had to go through besides getting eliminated from Tough Enough and already getting a head start? And Velveteen Dream's like, Velveteen Dream has no memory of that. Like, <laughs> that's so great. Like, <laughs> Velveteen Dream is easily easily one of my favorites now in, in the entire WWE. He has everything. His in ring skills are getting there. His presence in the ring, his promos, his character, he has it all kind of wrapped into into one thing. Like if this guy does not become like the star of the company, it would be a travesty because he has when John how, when
4: John Cena tells a guy I am about as
3: to say the that how about
4: of the business. It? He's going to be, like, five years down the line. You watch, like, he'll be on every freaking marquee there is. He will be a main event star. He will be a future, and five years down the line or whatever, how long it takes, listen to this episode, mark down the date, so you can go back and you can listen to me. He's going to be a future WWE champion.
0: I guarantee it. The first black champion. Yeah, but but the match was great. I loved the ending sequence when uh, Ricochet was going up for the 630 and Velveteen Dream moved. You know, he rolled a couple of spots to get away. And Ricochet just hits, like, this picture-perfect, launching himself, shooting star press. Velveteen Dream gets the knees up. Ricochet rolls over to the corner. And, of course, the whole thing of this match was – Velveteen Dream saying, whatever Ricochet can do, I can do better. So, Ricochet is all the way across the ring. You think Velveteen Dream is going for a coast-to-coast, but he goes for this giant elbow drop, just completely misses each hit, and Ricochet hits the 630 for the win. Uh, Excellent, excellent match. Really liked it. Yeah,
2: man. That was Green. The man. Um, him and Shea. Uh, hopefully, we'll see what happens in the spoilers coming up next week because I think they're going to start uh, new tables. So, uh, Moving on from there, I believe next was the women's match. Santa Baszler versus Nikki Cross. Uh, just, it really wasn't a match. It was more of, like, Nikki Cross is, like, laughing and shit, and just saying, yeah, like, I'm the weirdest person you've ever had a match with. Vicky Cross never tapped out, um, so this is going to continue. Shayna Baszler won. By the way, shout, shout out to Shayna Baszler, by the way, uh, real quick. Uh, I was going to throw this out real quick. When I was in Texas, uh, I was, you know, waiting by the buses, and uh, she saw me recognized your boy. So uh, she's a real one for saying what's up, you know, coming out of character. Gave me a hug. So shout out to her. Uh, but um, the match was whatever, as I said. Like it was more, it was more of Nikki Cross playing mind games with Shannon Baby the whole match. And uh, finally, Shannon Baby, you know, she got the advantage in the match, and he basically didn't get her to submit. So.
0: Yeah, I got you know, this match was good. I, I I think it was the weakest match on the show, but, I mean, it was still a good match, so that tells you, you know, what takeovers are. Um, It was a good match, you know. Not much really to say in-depth. You know, there was a couple of good spots in between, but, of course, you know, the ending of, you know, Shayna Baszler's got the submission on, and, you know, Nikki Cross eventually realizes she can't get out of it, so she's just going to pass out, and then, you know, the the camera work where you just see Nikki cross change from struggling to get out of it. And then she just starts smiling because she knows, well, I'm going to pass out, but I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go. Um, I thought that was a really, I thought that was kind of a, a good way to end the match. So kind of like Skid said, it was, it was a good match. Um, nothing notable, like I said, except for the finish.
2: True. Um, uh,
4: this match wasn't bad like i'll say this and then i'll be done with it i of all the matches on this takeover i thought this was the worst match but this match was still good um it was more of a story driven match and or story driven match and i thought that uh Shayna winning was fine, and we'll see what she does next. Um, I'm not the biggest Shayna fan, you guys know that, but I'm interested to see how her title reign winds up and what she ends up doing, and how she progresses. Because right now, like, she's not all there, but I understand it's like that's why she's in NXT so she can de- develop and learn and eventually get called up to the main roster. But I'm just. Not seeing it right now She's too green
1: Nate I advise you to Heed the words of the great Mary J. Blige And uh, I always say To you is we don't need no Hateration or Holleration
2: (laughs) (laughs) I kind of feel the same way about Stana Baszler She's a cool person But uh, wrestling wise I'm still trying to Get to love her Right now I'm just Watching her, NXT I
1: don't. Feel and... it, it, she she does like she doesn't have to be fucking you know like Trish Stratus or Lita or anybody like like she is a fighter and she portrays the the role of a fighter well um, you know uh, d- d- does she need some so help with her, with her with her promo impressive. work Yeah, I know, but like you know, but her character I, I, is that she's a be, badass
2: fighter. I think she's got that side, Gal Lyle. I think she's got the whole no, promo. No, you're,
1: you're you're right. You know, she's she's she does that really really well. Uh, my only you know thing about Shayna is she can use a lot of work on her promo, whether it's like the way she delivers them, because every, anytime she cuts a promo or she's doing like one of those little like backstage things or even the pre-recorded stuff, it's just like her cadence is like. I don't know, it, it, it seems weird and kind of forced to me. Um, she needs to be a little bit more natural. Um, yeah, and, and those would be my only, you know, critiques of, of Shane. I think she's doing well. I, yeah, she's had an underwhelming reign as champ so far, but I think that has more to do with the fact that the women's division down at NXT is kind of... Uh, you know, they're still it's they're still going one, yeah. through a, a huge change, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think her mixing it up with with Nikki, and I thought Nikki did really well in the match, you know, especially you know oh, in, in, in regards Blair to Bianca her. Belair. Yeah, yeah, Bianca Belair. You know, girls like uh, you know more like more uh, um, Dakota Kai, and you know even uh, you know chicks like uh, Lacey Evans, and you know. D- d- the more Candace. the more they build up, you know. New, yeah, Candice Lerae, uh, of course. And you know, the the more they build up, more of these women. Uh, the more, um, you know, Shana will get to mix it up with, you know, with them, you know, on TV in front of a, a you know, a, a good audience. And we'll see what, we, she can, um, you know, what
2: she can do. do. Do we count the girls that got signed to the UK division? Tony Storm, Jenna.
1: Are they signed though? I don't think they are.
2: They are signed. They're signed. They're for sure signed. They worked in all this UK um, stuff. This past uh, shows, but uh, yeah, but I don't, we're gonna I get, get signed any signed any oh, channel contracts. We'll talk about the later if you want. Yeah, they signed a WWE contracts, but I think they got like the the hope he done type of contract still do independents, but there's still WWE also. Cause this whole UK thing is going to be a big deal, which we're going to get into after NXT. I can't wait for that. Like, uh, I'm so excited. But um, we shall see what happens with Shannon Baszler and the whole women's division very soon. Moving on, Lars Sullivan and Aleister Black. Match I really wasn't feeling. I really thought Lars was going to show up out here and You know, prove everybody that he can go. Uh, It it was cool, you know. Um, And large is not the champ. Alshon bought sticker champ, and uh, yeah, I haven't had too much to say about this match. The only thing thing I thought it would be me was
4: apparently there was a giant botch. um, Oh, it was when Elster went for the Black Mass at one point um, I didn't happen to catch it because I was watching the show really freaking late like after I was tired and home from work and whatever but so I was watching it and I must have missed it but apparently something like that happened yeah it the was Black
2: Mass as well.
1: yeah, by, by a good margin too
0: Yeah, it was uh it was not pretty, but I I mean I thought I thought, the match was, I thought the match was good overall, you know, even even with the botch. Um I thought I thought overall the match was good. I thought, you know, La- Lars Sullivan still has a little bit of a way to go, but I saw this as a big improvement. You know, he he has this big intimidating type of look. I think with time, I think that I I think Lars Sullivan can be um you know, a, a big time heel, big time baby face, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I think like I said, I saw a lot of improvement with this match. I saw a lot of potential. Um, you know, botches happen, you know, it was it was funny, and I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm pretty sure he probably felt bad, but I'm pretty sure Alistair Black and everybody was like, Listen, it happens it, it happens to the best of us. Like if you look, there has never been one guy. I don't care how good you are. Okada's had botches. Tanahashi's had botches. Nato's had botches. Ric Flair has had botches. Everybody in the history of wrestling, no matter how good you are, has had botches. So you know it was probably a little, a little you know upsetting to him. But um, like I said, overall I didn't expect a lot from this match. But overall, I thought it was still it was still a good title match.
2: And moving on, um, last match of the night: Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, street fight. What a fucking match! What a fucking story! Um, these men just went all the way out, just killed each other from everywhere in the arena. They got you know inside the crowd. Uh, it was a moment where uh, there was a. A fan holding a sign And uh, Tommaso takes it And he's like Trying to tear it up But he can't Gargano takes it It's a fucking stop sign So you know that dude Was there You know Paid to You know He was working Working for the WWE Or something Um, And The match was amazing I, I don't even know Where to begin Like It was just good From top to bottom It was just such a good story from where it really began to be like, wow, this is such a good fucking story from where, you know, Tommaso, he basically drags Johnny Gargano to where it all began in Chicago when he threw Johnny Gargano and said, it's my time now. And, um, you know, he throws him into the the little entranceway uh, from there. And uh, somehow... um, you know, Tommaso wants to replay how he put him to the table uh, by climbing up uh, uh, some by, – by basically climbing up. Uh, it was like – I wouldn't say uh, – you know, if you've ever been to, like, an uh, arena, There is like where the fans are, and uh, you can basically stand on, on uh, top of where the fans are and basically just drop and there's, like, tables and shit there. Uh, somehow, Johnny Gargano got the reverse, and he plays out what Tommaso did to him uh, back when Tommaso turned on him in Chicago uh, last year. And the shit was amazing. Uh, one thing that was really fucked up was Tommaso took Jenny Gargano's fucking wedding ring off, spit on it, and threw it. I hope Jenny Gargano found that shit, because I would have been hot. If, uh, that really was his rare. Uh, and from there, you know, you had the, you, you had, like, uh, the stretcher come out to fucking get Tommaso. Looks like, you know, he's about to be pulled off. Uh, you got Johnny Organo sitting there like, uh, Tommaso was
3: uh,
2: back from a year ago. Then, you have Gargano say, fuck it, I'm going to go after him. Somehow, uh, he, uh, he like, quite popped everyone. And out of nowhere, I'm also top of DDT's uh, Gargano, because earlier on the match, he, like, took off the fucking uh, some uh, parts of the ring where, you know, the fucking wood part is. And he DDTs him, has a referee count, one, two, three. Uh, amazing, and I'm pretty sure the boys can tell uh, you know, some of their favorite parts of the match in this whole few period, and I don't know if it's over. I'm... It's not. I don't know.
4: This is only the second... You gotta realize, like, this is the only... They started shooting last year in Chicago. This is only the second match they've had. Um, They're gonna have a third. Um, This match... I didn't expect Champa to win, but I thought it was great. Like, he, it proves that the good guy doesn't always have to win, um, but there's definitely more to this story. It feels like this whole thing's been going on for years, even though it hasn't it's been about a year. But uh, I can't wait to see what they do next. I thought their first match was great. I'm not quite sure if this match topped the first because it was two completely different matches, so they're kind of hard to compare. I think the story took this. Yeah, the story definitely was... It was more story-driven this time around than the first time. The first time was more pure wrestling and all that, but I thought this had more of a coherent story. Um, So that, for that reason, I'd give it more of an edge, but I... I'm kind of a person who likes more of the in ring product versus the story and all that. But either way, it's like you look at both matches, both are great. I thought this match was incredible. Um, they did a lot of things that you won't necessarily see on the main roster. Uh, top to bottom, incredible, incredible match. A lot of people were saying, or at least that I heard it went on maybe a little bit too long, but. I thought it was fine. Yes, it could have been a little shorter, but I thought it was fine for what it was. Really, really good match. And I can't wait to see what they have in store next because, like I said, it's not over.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I really liked I mean, this was just, it was brutal at some point. It was a lot of fun to watch. You know, they beat the crap out of each other. Uh, all the different spots that they were doing, obviously you know the the big table spot up by the entrance ramp um, that you know Gargano did to Champa, which Champa had been doing to gargano multiple times, of course, last year in Chicago, and then leading to this match um he did it again, so that was you know that was a crazy bump, and then you know the d d t on the on the wood to to finish up the match, that was, uh, you know, that was really cool. And like I said, the fact that Ciampa did that handcuff and everybody, like, didn't see it coming. Everyone was like, what the hell just happened? Um, yeah, uh, there's not much more. I can tell you that, you know, you guys haven't said already, it was a really great match. I'm really looking forward to seeing the third match, which a lot of people are speculating um, it's going to be Hell in the Cell, the first ever Hell in the Cell in NXT. Um, and I mean, I think you kind of have to <laughs> at this point. No you know, Is it in other... L.A.? Maybe or Brooklyn, maybe, Brooklyn, I don't know Brooklyn. if they're going to do that at Brooklyn. It'd probably be Brooklyn.
4: It's gotta be Brooklyn, or it's gotta be Brooklyn Four. It's gotta be because that's yeah. that's NXT's WrestleMania, so why not?
0: Right. So it could happen in Brooklyn, first ever Hell ourselves. Yeah. A lot of people are kind of speculating. We don't really know just yet. Um, you know, Ciampa, it looks like Ciampa might be trying to go after Alistair Black first. Um, who knows? Who knows kind of how they're going to position this. Like I said, they could even skip over Brooklyn. The main event of Brooklyn could be Ciampa versus Alistair Black. So... That's one
2: thing. uh, Alisha Black needs a fucking contender, too. He needs somebody eh, ASAP. But uh, that was NXT. And, uh, yeah, before we... Spoiler alert, folks. So if you don't want to know, I mean, you should know because WWE tweeted it out and NXT. We got new uh, new NXT tags Mustache, Mountain... makes me really Tyler sad they don't have a
4: double-team finisher called the Mustache Ride, but, yeah.
0: <laughs>
4: well, that's Joey Ryan. Right, I'm a
0: Joey Ryan. <laughs>
4: oh, damn it. Yeah, you're right. Never mind. Um,
2: so, basically, uh, Tyler, Tyler Bate and uh, uh, my man uh, Trent Seven are your new NXT tag camp, and... Um, yeah. Very shocking.
0: Yeah, a bit of a surprising decision to have them, you know, capture those NXT tag titles. I don't know, you know, I thought Undisputed Era were doing a really good job. Um, but I, I mean, I guess they got something planned, you know. So, I mean, obviously. There's, there's going to be a rematch because, you know, rematch clause. So, who knows if that happens in Brooklyn. That could happen. Yeah, you know, that could be the NXT tag title match in Brooklyn, Undisputed Era versus um, Mustache Mountain. Who knows?
2: Um, now, real quick, before we move on, can you explain to everybody what's going on with the whole uh, UK NXT type thing?
0: I mean, see, I, I read a little bit about it. Nate, I don't know. How much did you read on it? I haven't
4: read much. I've only heard stuff as far as, like, tweets and stuff like that. But from what I know, they're, I remember hearing a while ago or reading a while ago that they were going to have, like, a performance center in the U.K. and they're launching the U.K. brand as basically another extension of NXT. That's what I've heard. Um and that's probably the way to go. But I don't know much else about it.
0: That's kind of what I know. Um
4: Okay. Then we're on the same page. I'm looking up right now. I didn't see and I didn't think like when I saw the graphics and everything, like I didn't think they were gonna like use the NXT name
0: in so, it it's going to be it's going you know, to be a it's going to be a TV program with guys from you know the United Kingdom but other than that uh I know Johnny Saint is the is the manager um there's I don't see any dates I've seen matches already that have been
2: happening for that uh, that's why I mentioned about. Oh, yeah, the, spo- the spoilers Tony Storm, man. Is- yeah, that's why I mentioned about Tony Storm, you know, uh, being signed and, and, you know, some other girls there from the UK area and some of the guys too. Like Travis Banks, you know, uh, we already know he's part of the tournament, but I think he's definitely going to be around the WWE too. Uh, also, uh, you know, Flash Morgan Webster, uh, Noam Dar is back. Know, uh, but he's definitely back. So, if everybody's wondering why the WWE never released them, because they were waiting on uh, this. So, So, it's definitely some big things coming up in the UK. And I read up on the spoilers. Uh, looking forward to the matches starting next Monday, folks. So, um,. Be on the lookout. Now, moving on. New Japan Pro Wrestling. I know it's such a big fucking show, ladies and gentlemen. We got so much shit to talk about, and we have to go over these things because it just wouldn't be right. But D1 Specials and matches have been announced. So we all know about the IWGP Heavyweight Championship match. You got Kenny Omega going against Cody. Uh which we all know Bullet Club has not been fine. Uh those two had a uh a fucking crazy ass match uh not too long ago. Uh, in Ring of Honor for WrestleMania weekend. And Super now they uh
3: now
2: now now they're bringing it uh to New Japan so G one special, your boys gonna be there and I'm um, excited to see it. But keep this out, folks. And also you got these matches going on. You have the tag team of Marty Skrull and Adam Page going against Tanahashi and none other. And former IWGP junior champ Kashida. You got also, you got the team of Zack Sabre Jr. and Suzuki. And one thing I before I say about these guys, these two—I don't know why—they're not considered as one of the best tag teams going on today because they've been killing it. They're ref pro tag team champs, and they kill it in the uh, 15 New Japan. But uh, Suzuki goes on. Uh, Suzuki and, and Zack Sabre Jr. go is against Ishii and uh, Toriano. So. Uh, I guess they're having a rematch from uh, Dominion. Also, we have this match that we have watched in so many promotions from CMLL to New Japan Pro Wrestling. You got none other than Dragon Lee going against none other than the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Takahashi. Goto will be going against Jeff Top. and I hear Haru is supposed to be here, uh From what my boy Brian is saying, I don't know how true it is, but uh, we shall see. And that's some of the matches that have been announced uh, for G One Special. Speaking of G- speaking of G One. What else we got cracker for G one uh
0: Nate, uh? Tom? Yeah, let's get in we'll get into the uh, G one. And I know uh we wanted because we didn't get to talk about it, uh talk a, a little bit about Dominion as well, kind of get into that. But let's yes, get into the G one. Sure. <laughs> let's get into the G one climax. It's the uh twenty eighth G one climax. Um Obviously, one of the biggest tournaments of the year in professional wrestling to determine who's going to be holding the briefcase to uh, challenge the IWGP heavyweight champion at Wrestle Kingdom uh, early next year, January 4th. So let's first get to the two blocks. Representing the A block, we've got Hiroshi Tanahashi, Togi Makabe, Michael Elgin. Of course, the former IWGP Heavyweight Champion Kazuchika Okada, Jay White, Yoshihashi, uh, Bad Luck Fale, Hangman Page, making his G1 debut, Evil, and Minoru Suzuki. Going to the B block, we've got Juice Robinson, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Toriano. Tamatanga, Zach Sabre Jr., Sonata, Tetsuya Nato, Kota Abushi, and of course the current IWGP Heavyweight Champion, Kenny Omega.
2: Well, I gotta say, Zach Sabre Jr. for the whole fucking win. Let's go, boy. <laughs> I got Kota Abushi winning the whole thing. I mean, that's probably what's gonna happen, but I'm still going, Zach.
0: Maybe a I'm thinking so um, we'll see, we'll see, uh, but we're gonna obviously uh the first date of the g one climax July fourteenth um some notable days and as the as the weeks goes on, we'll be you know kind of uh coming back to certain uh big days in the tournament, but these are just some of the big days. Um, Of course, the first night, July 14th, the A block, some notable matches, Tanahashi versus Minoru Suzuki, Okada versus Jay White. Uh, Keep an eye on that. Jay White is going to upset Okada night one. No. No. Yes, guaranteed.
4: I'm going to write you a bunch of hate text messages if that happens because I'm going to be so pissed
0: then you better get those hate messages <laughs> ready because if, you, right. if you, you've you you watched New Japan, you should know by now this is ghetto booking. Have Okada right. lose and make his comeback. <laughs>
4: All
0: right, oh. All right, so moving on. Uh, the next night for the B Block, some notable uh, matches, Kota Abushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. And Tetsuya Naito versus Kenny Omega. That's happening July 15th. Damn.
4: It's insane that Omega and Naito is happening this early this year because that was the final of the last two years.
0: Right. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that because it's very interesting. Uh, July 16th, going back to the A block, uh, Tanahashi versus Jay White. And once again, the, the full cards are out there. I'm just kind of giving the more notable matches with uh, some of the uh, top guys. Uh, July 19th in Corican Hall, uh, you have Ishii versus NATO and uh, Goto versus Kenny Omega. Uh, July 20th at Corican Hall, you have um, Okada versus Hangman Page. That's going to be very interesting. Um, July 21st, uh, Hiroki Goto versus Tomohiro Ishii. They have uh, history together, so that should be a hard-hitting match. July 22nd, not really too much happening that day. Uh, main event's probably going to be Makabe versus Okada. Um, July 26th, uh, look out for uh, this night. This is going to be a very interesting night. Uh, Ishi versus Zack Sabre Jr., Juice Robinson versus Kenny Omega, and Ibushi versus Sonata. So July 26th, definitely a notable um, night as well. Um, July 28th, another notable night as you're going to have Hiroki Godo versus Tetsuya Nato, Kenny Omega versus Sonata, and Kota Ibushi versus Tomohiro Ishii. August 1st, you're going to have Kenny Omega versus Zack Sabre Jr., and Hiroki Godo versus Kota Ibushi. August 2nd, Okada versus Suzuki. Another uh, going to be a notable night. Definitely check that out. Um, August 4th. Going to be, a, once again, another big night for the B block. Juice Robinson versus Zach Saber Jr. Tetsuya Nato versus Kota Ibushi. And Tomohiro Ishii versus Kenny Omega.
4: Well, it's going to be a great night that's so definitely.
0: definitely
3: so, so getting down the, the, uh,
0: the last two the nights
3: bad.
0: i was going to say the last two nights once again i'm i'm skipping some nights where there's not really uh more notable matches but the last two nights at uh Budokan Hall August 10th tanahashi versus okada the final night for the a block so going to be very very interesting and of course, August 11th in Budokan Hall, um, maybe one of the more stacked shows. You have Ishii versus Sonata, Juice Robinson versus Goto, Tetsuya Nato versus Zack Sabre Jr., and closing out the B block in Budokan Hall after being banned there. I think it was over five, I think it was five or six years ago. Kota Abushi versus Kenny Omega. To close out the final night of the uh, of the block tournament, and then of course, uh, August twelfth is the finals, the A block winner taking on the B block winner. So, let's just hope Kota Bushi doesn't get banned from uh, Budokan Hall again. Let's just hope. But it's it's honestly, this is going to be a great G1. I'm really looking forward to it. Probably not going to catch a lot of it, you know. live Because it's happening 5:30 a.m. most of the time, um, so it's going to be. I'll be
4: watching the shows live when I'm not working the next morning. But yeah, I'm with you there because I, I won't be able to watch most of the shows live either. Definitely. So, our question for you though: Are all, and Tom? Do you know this? Are all the shows like? Because if you remember, the best of the Super Juniors, like a lot of the shows weren't live; they were on demand only. Are all the G1 shows live? Have they specified that, or are some of them where they're just going to release the G1 matches like the next day or whatever? Or are they doing every single believe, show
0: live? I believe all the G1 matches. I believe all the G1 shows are going to be live, and I okay. know. I'm I'm guessing this also because every single night of the G1 is also going to be available in English.
4: Okay, good, because that means I don't have to sit around before I go to work and try to watch these matches before going in because that's the issue I had with the best of super fans, which is why I was up so late watching them because they didn't release them in a timely manner. So I'm very happy to hear that they're all going to be live so that – yeah, there's no waiting around.
0: Right. Right. I, I, I believe they're all going to be live. Like I said, the English commentary kind of noted that, you know, because they did that. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We'll see kind of uh, how it goes. But really quick, kind of making a flashback. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, of course, New Japan had their one of their big shows of the year, New Japan Dominion. Um Saka Joe Hall. Uh not gonna go too too much in depth with it. Um we have a new never open weight champion, Michael Elgin. Uh he eventually lost it again. <laughs> um but he defeated Hiroki Goto and Taichi. We have new IWGP tag team champions. Uh the Young Bucks defeated Sonata and Evil. Um Of course, uh, Hiromu Takahashi beat Will Osprey to become the new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Y2J Chris Jericho beat Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. And, of course, the big thing, um, the no-time limit, two-out-of-three falls match for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, and we have a brand-new IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Kenny Omega. Um all I can say is those final three matches absolutely fucking incredible. I thought this this yep. was all oh, this was a really, really good show. Um, you know, and, and of course, you know, like I said, the final three matches, Takahashi and Osprey did great. I thought it wasn't as good as the best of the super junior finals, but uh still really, really good. They're insane. Um Chris Jericho beating Nido. Definitely a little bit surprising. Um, but a really good match there as well. Kind of a little bit different. A lot of brawling. Uh, you know, some blood involved in there. And then, of course, the main event. Um, absolutely fucking incredible. Absolutely fucking incredible. Um, yeah. That
4: know, match is my front runner for match of the year. Great, great match.
0: Yeah, that's, yet, that's my match of the year. So well. so far. I mean,
4: just,
0: yeah, just the storytelling. I, I, I didn't even think they were going to be able to do more storytelling than they had done in their past. But I mean, they, they really did. You know, some points in the match where Okada can't even hit the rainmaker because he's so tired, he just falls into Kenny Omega, and, and all these different
4: things from the last or from the previous matches that they had too. All right, that was incredible. Was...
0: Right. A lot of callbacks to previous matches, uh, the, the previous three matches that these guys had. And you can see they, they you know, were, were more scouted this time because they had three, uh, three different matches uh, previously. But this this was just incredible. It was great. Great storytelling. A lot of great in-ring action. Um, and, you know, well, well-deserved for Kenny Omega to win that IWGP Heavyweight Championship.
4: I'm so glad that I um, sacrificed my sleep because it was Friday night slash Saturday morning that this match happened and I decided I'm going to watch this match live because I wanted to be in the moment because I knew that something great was about to happen and it did because Kenny Omega won the IWGP title and I knew that there was no fucking way that I was going to be able to watch it the next day unspoiled because – And that happened to be true because the very first thing when I woke up from like a three-hour nap before having to go to work the next day was a picture of Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega with their respective titles that they had just won. So if I wouldn't have watched it live like I did, then I would have been spoiled going into it, which would have been fine, but I like there's certain matches where I like to watch them not knowing who's going to win. And with a big title change like that, with someone who's had the title two years, that's something you need to watch, at least from my perspective, unspoiled. Even if it is with a stupid hour of the morning.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like I said, definitely. I I mean, like I said. It's gonna it's gonna to be tough to top this as match of the year. Uh, you know these two guys, the two best wrestlers probably on planet Earth. Um, you know it's just it's just incredible to see. Uh, G one's gonna be fun, um, Real and quick. you know a, a lot of a lot of great wrestling coming up. So that's all I can say.
2: I just want that to throw this out before we go off. Uh... This weekend or excuse me, this next I think next weekend. Next weekend. I might as well throw it on now. Uh Strong Style Evolve uh United Kingdom. Uh you know we'll just talk about next week, but we got some fire ass maps coming.
4: Also, um this weekend
2: but we're talking
4: about Evolve. There's two shows this weekend. Uh, which I will be watching both of them live, because I don't work this Saturday night, which is a rarity, but I will be around and I will be watching. Evolve 107 and I believe 108? Or no, it's 106 and 107. But I'll probably be watching and live tweeting.
2: You said you're going to watching what?
4: Yeah, no, no, I think like,
0: it's evo- evolve, kind of, evolve and Beyond. Evolve 106 and beyond on Saturday and, and
2: 107 on Sunday. Okay. i, I guess got somewhere else next weekend, but whatever. For sure. Uh, Matt Riddle and fucking. And, um. What's the name? My boy, uh. Chase Strickland. Definitely will be killing it. Also, uh. PWGs is something we need to talk about before we end the show. Battle of Los Angeles. Some of the entries. So first person to be announced in P W D Battle of Los Angeles two thousand and
0: thirteen. Thirteen pool? You mean 18? 1913? 1913?
2: Yes. <laughs> That's what you said in 2018.
0: 2000. Man, you were going, going way back. Hey, I'm going to let you go in the
2: because
0: I'm fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> Bola 2018, people. The first entrant announced, of course, he's making waves across independent wrestling. But he's no stranger to the world of pro wrestling. <laughs> One of the hottest acts yeah. in pro P C O Pierre Carl Ule. Fuck yeah! He someone's gonna die. He's gonna.
3: gonna
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's uh, that's it's absolutely insane. You know P C O. You know coming back for Joey Janela Spring Break. And ever since then, he's been getting bookings like crazy. He's going to be on Joey hey, Chanel's next show. Um, like, it, this just goes to show you, no matter how old you are, you can always make a comeback. You can always come back and do great stuff. And PCO is is doing some great stuff. His promos are absolutely insane. Like, th- this guy is probably legitimately crazy. Um, <laughs> but well, he doesn't
4: have a card because Walter, like, or made it explode WrestleMania weekend. So, yeah, he might be.
0: (laughs) So, PCO, your first entrant in 2018, Bola. The second entrant into Bola. We know this man very well. Former guest here on the WH Radio. Skits knows (laughs) this this man very well. Lyle knows this man very well. Brody King. Brody fucking
2: King, man. This is the first guy... coming out of Southern California to be on BOLA in a very long fucking time. And I really hope we get him on the show very soon. I'm going to try to reach out to him. Real, That's my boy. So also, while we're on Brody King's subject, my boy's working with Matt Rowe at PCW uh, in July. So my boy is making waves out here. Uh, he recently worked at AAW. AAW. Uh, he's working everywhere. Uh, I
0: see you out here, Brody. We see you, bro. We're proud of you. Very proud. Very proud. Uh, We got to get him back on the show soon. Got to get him back. But the third entrant into Bola this year, another veteran in the business. Um, A lot of people may not be very familiar with this guy. Uh, Did a lot of work in the UK. Uh, Jody, uh, Jody Fleish. I think that's how you say his name. Oh, Fleisch, Fleisch, something yeah. something along those lines If I say it wrong, Cody please Fleisch, forgive me yeah,
4: He was in early Ring of Honor He did yeah. a, um, It didn't look very good But I don't know if anybody's heard of it or saw a video of it But he is famous for uh, Flipping off of a cage The top of a cage And doing what they, were, they called A shooting star pile driver Because he did a flip Landed on a guy and then gave him a pile driver which is the most ridiculous thing you'll ever see. Um, but, yeah, it's, that's crazy that I haven't heard his name in years.
0: Yep, so he is the third entrant into BOLA this year. Making his PWG debut, and another man making his PWG debut. Coming over from WXW, one of uh, his notable promotions over there, Ilja Dragunov is the fourth ending. He's the champ over there. Yeah. Um, If you guys have not seen Ilja Dragunov, go ahead, check out some W, his WXW work against Walter, Uh, his comeback that he made. um, Super fucking happy for Ilja. Like he, like this guy is so fucking talented and I'm just getting like introduced to him really a lot. And so I still have a lot of work to do, but this guy's fucking so talented. Like, and so happy that he's going to be working in the States. The fifth entrant into Bowler this year, Robbie Eagles.
2: Robbie Eagles is that fucking guy coming out of Australia. What a fucking uh, guy. Like, this guy's great. Uh, if you haven't seen this guy, that's somebody you might want to go look out for coming out of the Australia area. Uh Definitely excited for him, him He's been killing it. Uh He's had a killer match with Bandito The last PWG show uh, He also killed it with Joey Janela uh, This man's uh, Definitely uh, one of my favorites for sure
0: Yeah definitely Eager to see Robbie Eagles What he does in Bola this year This man's no stranger to PWG He's going to be in his second Bola The bad boy Joey Janela is the sixth entrance into the 2018 Battle of Los Angeles. Can't have Bola without the bad boy. You can't have anything. You know, these
4: days. Dude's all over the place.
0: <laughs> of course, you know, Joey Janela, what, what can you say about him that we haven't been saying for months and years? You know, one of the most creative guys on the independent scene, uh having another show, uh, Joey Janela, lost in New York in August. Um, and no. a match was announced for that, which is PCO versus Matt Riddle. So,
4: Tom, do you know if that like have they announced anything about if that show is streaming anywhere? Like if it's going to be yeah, on I'm the fight. Imagine. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> I imagine it, is that, is, oh, that is a show that I have to see.
2: Hey, I'm pretty it's sure probably, it'll be on fight uh, night.
0: Um, yeah, it could be um, on the on the I think it might be on the fight app. It's it's GCW. So it's it's once again it's the same. It's basically going to be the same streaming that they did for Joey Janela's Spring Break. Okay, cool. Because
4: I, I got that on the fight app, so I'll probably get that then in August. Because I
0: yeah. like I heard
4: about that show and I really want to see it.
0: Yeah, it's going to be crazy. And so far, the seventh entrant into the 2018 Bola is Puma King coming up from Mexico.
2: Yeah.
0: Very interesting. Very interesting. Never heard of him. Mm-hmm. Never
2: never heard of them? him?
4: Oh. Wait, who is it?
0: Puma King?
2: Puma...
4: Uh, no, I don't think I've ever heard of
0: him. Should be interesting, then. I really haven't heard of Puma King either, so um, I'm interested to see what he can do.
2: I watched some of his highlights to get uh, the guys nice. uh, That's so far what Bola, they've been announced at least three or four guys a day, so keep continuing to follow official PWG. That's the show, folks. About it. I got to study a little something for work. But real quick before I go off air, I want – like I've told you guys, I've been uh, doing fantasy – I'm in this fantasy league where, you know, we draft wrestlers or whatever, and we get points off uh, their matches or minus matches off their losses. My team right now is sick. Your boy got Travis Banks, Zach Sabre Jr. I will – somehow I got him to inter-trade. Uh, I think I traded Drew Galloway or somebody, Schaefer Jr. No, I traded... I had traded Tony Storm and Drew Galloway um, over uh, to this guy. He gave me Zach Schaefer Jr. And Jenna, who's the... Uh, uh, is it Gina or is it Jenna? I think it's Gina. Anyway, she's a. She's the... Um, She's a uh, progress woman's champ, so I traded that. I, I basically got Zach from that, and I just recently got Will Ospreay also to trade, Shane, sh- trading Shane Strickland. Uh, so I got Osprey also, and I tra- I just traded Adam Cole to get Tony Storm back. Um, and I believe Koto is a free agent, so I'm going to drop somebody to get Koto obushi And tell me my teammate going to be nice if, if, if I get a Ibushi. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, and I got Milne with this
3: too. Uh,
2: something very fun. If anybody's interested in playing fantasy, uh, uh, you know, wrestling league, holler at your boy. Next year we need two slots open. And I think Nate will have fun with this, to be honest with you. Send me more
3: information.
2: Yeah. But follow us on Twitter at Wrestling Spokes. I'm WH Skit. Follow your boy one time. Follow my boy Lao too. Uh, he actually uh, got cut off, so follow him at uh, his Twitter is X0MBY. Follow him. Oh so,
0: yeah, shout out to lot. Yeah, big shout out to <laughs> big shout out to uh, this whole show, you know, the boys are back. Hopefully, uh, we don't go three or four weeks without missing a show again. Definitely long time uh, overdue to do a show again. Lots of fun. Thanks to everyone listening in uh, on Blog Talk Radio. We'll definitely be back. You can follow me on Twitter. At two tweet me, follow me on there, and that's all I got. Uh, Nate, what you got?
4: Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Headliner f- Headliner Five, always live tweeting shows. Like I said, I'll be watching the evolved shows this weekend, um, and live tweeting them. Uh, it feels really good to be back. Haven't talked wrestling in a long time. In fact, when Dominion happened, I was like, I need to talk. About it, and it's like it's, I was silent about it for so long. Like, I talked about it on Twitter and whatnot because I watched this part of the show live. But now I actually got to talk about it, and it's just good to be back in the groove and talking about wrestling. And like I say all the time, if you don't like WWE, which I have not watched Raw and I don't know how long, and I don't plan on it, uh, watch something else. Uh, watch Ring of Honor, watch Evolve, watch Lucha Underground, watch anything because you don't have to like what everybody else likes. If someone likes New Japan, fine. If you don't like New Japan, that's good for you. Watch something else. Wrestling is an acquired taste. Not all of it's for everyone, but it's find what you like and stick to it and enjoy it.
0: Yeah, so I think that's just about it for us tonight. Once again, thanks to everyone listening. Keep in tune on uh, the Twitter handle for uh, more shows coming up uh, next week. So stay tuned to all of our Twitters on what's going on. So for Skits, Lyle, Nate, I'm Tom. This is Wrestling Hits Radio. And, of course, we got two words for you. Peace out.